0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where even we can be tricked by catchy publisher taglines. I'm Jeanette. I'm Susan. And I'm Tara. And here we go, live with episode six, guys. How are you today?
1: I'm good, good. Um, Where I'm living is currently basically underwater. It's been raining for a week, but I'm with you guys, so it's infinitely better. Oh, sunny Florida. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't come here in the summer, guys. Don't do it. Uh, I miss those summer
0: days where, like, every single day you could time the rain. Oh, it's for me, It was like,
1: it's time to get out of school because it started raining. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those days are great. This has literally been a week of downpouring. It hasn't stopped. It has been consistent. It has been terrible. Um, but normally it rains between, what, like two and four for an hour? Yep. That's pretty Yeah. It's great.
2: Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Susan? Oh, um, I'm doing pretty good. Just busy. Work is keeping me busy, um, which, you know, really decreases my reading time, which is depressing. <laughs> um, but in general, we're good. We're good. Nothing super exciting going on over here. How
0: about you, Annette? I am doing pretty well. I am... You know, kind of enjoying this nice summer vacation. It's been hot, but not unbearably hot, except for to me. Um, but that's because I don't do heat. I melt. I'm like the reverse Wicked Witch of the West. Yes, um, you love the summer. Yes. I
1: mean the winter. Yeah. the other one. The one I love
0: everything except. I love everything except summer. I like yeah. spring, uh, winter. See, I'm the
2: opposite. Fall. I love summer. Like it's been hot here, but man, it's just the sun. Oh, the sun. <laughs>
1: See, I'm a I'm a uh, varying, uh, varying season person. I like spring and fall. I like it when things are changing and moving. And maybe because also I don't have allergy issues, so uh, I don't get affected in the negative way by those. Yeah, months, that's why but... most
0: people hate spring and fall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love I spring and fall. I don't have allergies either, and everybody tells me I'm going to develop them because in DC apparently there's like some kind of legend you develop mm-hmm. them at some point, but.
1: Well, uh-huh. supposedly when you move, yeah. you can develop allergies based on that place. But now I've moved to like several places and never developed allergies. So I'm just assuming, hopefully, I'm immune.
2: Yeah, I mean, that can possibly happen. And I mean, some people do develop allergies as they get older. Um, and people who have allergies, then the allergies go away when they get older. So I'm hoping when I get older, I will, my allergies will go away. That's what I'm hoping for.
1: Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all the best. Well, all since I moved from <laughs> since I moved
2: from Florida to Colorado, my sinuses have been fantastic.
1: Oh well, Colorado <laughs> is some of the best air, so you're yes. good at least on that front. There's
2: less junk just in the air and less moldy junk, and that's oh, wonderful. I can like <laughs> breathe.
1: I mean, yeah, Florida's always wet. That's always a problem. I had a somewhat problem in um, DC with like just its pervasive mold there. It's weird, um, but it's everywhere. Uh, I think just because it's so old. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and it's humid a bit there. Shoddy. It so. is humid in mm-hmm. DC. It's very humid. Yep. It's kind of gross. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean
1: that this is an East Coast problem until yep. you get to like Maine. Yeah. Like I hear Maine's nice. <laughs> I've never been. I don't have proof, but I hear. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. It makes my walks to the library much, much more painful, and they're not that long.
1: Jeanette, your life's so hard. Your I life know, so hard right now. Your walks it's, to the library—it's so terrible. So had,
0: <laughs> is this like first, first world book nerd problems? Like, oh, do go. I just keep
1: adding adjectives to that? Spe- <laughs> speaking of first world book nerd problems and the amount of paper. We collectively have probably uh, stolen from the earth. Uh, what <laughs> is everyone reading right now?
2: Uh, well, I'm reading Ticker by Lisa Menchev.
1: I've never even heard of that book.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's um, so Amazon has this amazing program. If you're a Prime user and you have a Kindle, it's called um, Amazon First. Oh, Kindle first, and basically what it is is they release next month, next month's new releases early what? for two dollars a book, um, so you can read it ahead of time.
1: Are you in beta for That's this, cool. or is this like live? It's live. How have I, I never I'm, heard of this? I think
2: it's live. Yeah, I, I got it. At, um, they sent me an email a few months ago, and they're like, "Hey, there's this thing where." You know, so that was one of the books. It was, you know, in June, and you know, it's here's July's releases, and I was like, "Ooh, this looks really interesting." You know, so, Susan,
1: that's one of those things that you need to post to the Goodreads group, as soon as <laughs> like PS. dot com. This is a thing. Sign up for it. Yeah, cause
2: sure. It's, it's amazing because then you get these super new books for two dollars, and it's perfect for them because then they'll get early readers who'll then review it. You know, oh. no, it's really smart. Really yeah. clever. Yeah. So. Um, Anyways, Tigger was one of those and it's very steampunky. Um, <laughs> yeah, even the cover. It's like this girl with like who has um an artificial heart and it's like, you know, run by gears and things like that that she has to wind up every morning so that it stays working. Um and come to find out the doctor who put in that heart was killing people for experimentation to improve that technology. And, um, he gets found out, he gets arrested. So like her family's like involved now, but, uh, the doctor escapes. And so now she has to like find him, be like, why are you doing this? She, um, he kidnapped her family and, uh, And then so her and her friends are now like on this search for him to keep him from hurting any more people because it's all for the sake of her, you know? Sounds interesting, right? It does. Yeah, it's all right. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's super interesting. It's just, I think it's messy. I'm 85% Um. of the way through. And uh yeah, it's it's kinda messy throughout. And there's just some things where it's like tropey, you know? Like the spunky girl who like all of a sudden does everything and is involved with everything. And so it's just like this is not very believable in a world that's supposed to be fantastical. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that really frustrates me. Like her best friend who's like a baker or something. Um, you know, is involved in some sting operation with the police. And it's like, why is she involved?
0: Why? <laughs> She's a baker. <laughs> um, so, Fantastical world. Bakers and police <sighs> people are the same.
2: Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Like, they can do everything well and just uh, it, that kind of stuff kind of bothers me. It's like... Spunk and Pluck can only get you so far. I get that. You know, so that's my book.
1: I'm I'm really excited about the book Jeanette's reading right now. I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Jeanette, would you like to tell everyone what you're reading right now? I am
0: finally reading A Spell for Chameleon by Piers Anthony, and I'm not going to describe it because we described it last time. But woo, I'm finally reading it. (laughs) But yeah, no, I finally, I just... I've been working my way through actually the Kushiel trilogy and so I need something like fun between each book because Kushiel is so heavy. And I was like this is a perfect time to get a spell for Chameleon done cuz I was so excited after we talked about it last time.
1: How are you enjoying it so far?
0: Um I really am only like one chapter in, but uh, funny story, I Right before it, my fun book was actually supposed to be Armada by Ernest Cline. And uh, without spoilers, I'm going to say I did not enjoy that as much as I wanted to. So I picked up A Spell for Chameleon, and I opened the front cover, and I saw the map. And I burst out laughing. And I'm like, I'm going to love this book. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. Because if you haven't read A Spell for Chameleon, and I recommend reading it for the map alone, the map is... Shaped like Florida, it looks exactly like Florida. It is Florida. Let's yep. be real. <laughs>
1: well, spoiler alert: in future books, the map changes constantly. Basically, be any yeah. peninsula on the Earth, and changes all the time. That's awesome. So it goes back to being Florida in some books. It's like Italy in some books. It's it's just really great. Yeah, I That's feel like great. a majority
2: of them is Florida, though.
1: A majority, especially is
2: Florida. like the begin the first you know bunch of books in the series
1: but not not to spoil anything but when you know when there is contact with the human world it changes where the contact is that's interesting so, so I mean there's not much contact ever
0: <laughs> um, I'm okay with that like this world is pretty interesting all on its own
1: so yeah, I'm excited I don't know how well a human would actually do in this world <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Be like, what? it would be so
2: fun just to be there for a day though
1: you know i would like to but like the tree would kill you you wouldn't know that a tree would just true up <laughs> and murder you <laughs> um that's really great it's a yeah good book. i'm so excited yeah so
0: i'll keep you updated yay how about um, you tara
1: In a sad, sad, I'm still reading the darkest part of the forest. Um, I'm so ashamed. Um, No shame, no shame. (laughs) um, I've just had a really busy month and not been able to do, you know, it was funny because I think last time I was like, I've been on a binge i just read all the things. And, like, this month I've been like, i read none of the things. <laughs> <laughs> you jinxed it, Tara. I no. did. I did. This is why you never say those sorts of things. Um, but I like it still. I'm getting through it. Um, our fr- I have another friend who's reading it at the same time, so it's my goal to finish it around the time she's going to finish it so that we can talk about it. Um, so, yeah, getting through it. Going to do it. Going to be better this month. That's my goal.
0: Yay. August is
1: my birthday month, so my birthday present to me is more reading. Woo. Yay! That's a good goal. <laughs> it is a good goal. Now that we've talked about, though, like, what we're reading, let's talk about, um, since some of us have some feelings about this book, we've decided our current book topic would be uh, our least favorite books. Um, I'll go first. Uh <laughs> Since I have burned Flux so many times on this podcast, um, I've decided to let it have a reprieve. Uh, Flux, you do not, you're not going to get destroyed. And instead, uh, burn The Marriage Plot. The Marriage Plot by Jeffrey, someone help me here. Eugenides. Eugenides, thank you. Uh, The newest book by Jeffrey Eugenides, Eugenia bibli Um Jeffrey I e. I don't think it's appropriate <clears throat> to burn the author's name, I just, but <laughs> I don't know. He wrote this thing. It's terrible. He's like what? A pulse I mean, he's won like what he he's the author of Middlesex, mm-hmm. which won all the awards, I feel. And so we were so excited to read this book and just terrible. So, so terrible i mean right guys it the only one feels this way yeah
0: no it was not the best no didn't like it me neither sorry mr eugenides (laughs) um yeah well it it i've said this a a lot and i think tara you agreed with me at one point like it's it's kind of a pretentious book and it doesn't deliver on that pretension you know you can be pretentious if you know, your book is gonna really hit me in the feels, but it doesn't.
1: It just. Yeah, John it Green is a good example of pretentious books that hit in the feels. <laughs> um, that I like. I mm-hmm. like you, Green. Keep doing you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this book just has really problematic characterization. It's like, I hate the woman, I hate her so much. And I I, specific, I get really angry with books who treat women badly. Um, I, I just think we're past that point. And like women can be bad characters. They can be like bad people, but you still have to treat them in a way that makes sense, you know, in a way that people would act. And like, I just find the this characterization of these people just really st- stereotypical in an awful, awful way. Um, if Although it helps, Jeanette, you- the male
0: characters are also terrible. No, yeah, like, no, none Everyone's of them terrible, <laughs> and none of them are any good.
1: <laughs> and it's like a reused plot line, reused plot device. Like the woman feels the need to stay with the man for various reasons. It's like, why? Why are we doing this? Um, you do have one good thing to say about the book, though, don't you, Jeanette?
0: I do. Um, I do think that uh, Jeffrey Eugenides does a really good job um, describing depression. I think. That the way he describes it um, really captures what a lot of people say and feel um, during depression. And he describes it really, really well when Leonard, um, one of the main characters, is feeling it. I just don't think that the people around Leonard—well, A, I don't think Leonard handles it particularly well— And I don't think the people around Leonard have any sort of good response. I'd love to say that, well, at least it's a typical response, but I don't think it's even a typical response. I think it's a, I don't know what to do here. Hmm. And that's just, it's not fun to read. It's awful.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's called, you know, I mean, granted this, it takes place in the 70s, right? I'm not like... Yes. Am I making that up? Because I, I was about to say, they have the internet. And then I was like, wait, Tara, they don't. <laughs>
0: no, but, no. You have,
1: but like they have counselors. There's things you can do. There's always things you can do. The 70s was a great time for psychology. Um, you know, really like gearing up past its infancy into something like that was more stable. Um, and I think there was a ton of resources that they could have utilized. And everyone's just sort of floundering about and useless. It's annoying. I mean,
0: they use their resources, but it's just, they don't act like people around them. Like, Madeline's response to Leonard is very, it's not, it's not a real person. It's like a doll. It's, okay, well, I made him do all these things, so I have to do all these things in response. And I'm like, that's not real.
1: Like, there's some sort of unwritten contract. Like, feelings don't matter. yeah. Yeah, Uh, it's just a really bad book. You want it to be good because he has written such good work. Yeah. But it's just, it's just not. Um,. So, off this book and on to another book. Susan, which book would you like to burn today? Oh, <laughs> not that we condemn burning or condone. Yeah. <laughs> condone. Not that we, we condone actual book burning. No. Yeah, we do um, condemn book burning. Yeah. If, if you hate a book, donate it
2: to your local library. Well, especially because, exactly. you know, I, I this one was a new book. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't burn it. Don't that. burn my Kindle. <laughs> Please don't. Kindles um, are pricey.
2: And fun. Yeah, um, but the book my one of my least favorite books recently is among others by Joe Walton. Uh, I know I talked about it a few months ago um, in an earlier podcast. It's about a girl who can see fairies, and it was right. being chased by her psychotic mother through this Took magic. you like a month to get through, right? It took me an eternity. Mm-hmm. It was not that long of a book. It's just the reason it's my least favorite because I think the premise was so interesting. Was execution execution was just so awful. Um, And my expectations were just wildly not met. (laughs) It was just super, super disappointing. Um, So they just kind of left, you know, like the bad taste in your mouth. Just, uh, I just, I'm so mad at this book for being not what it was said it was going to be. You know, like it sounded so interesting and it is so not interesting. It's incredibly boring. Um, and it's about a bookworm, like little bookworm girl not fitting in, knows magic, sees fairies. Like, how interesting is that?
1: And yeah, just, I have to say that premise alone makes it something I would possibly have picked up. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah. don't you <laughs> because all she does is because it's in diary form. Um, Ugh. Yeah,
1: I hate that. First part of, of all,
2: <laughs> just, I mean
1: it was okay when I was like in sixth grade and I was reading yeah Flowers for Algernon
2: Mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. that's a great book so <laughs> that is a
1: great book so good
2: but <laughs> it's in diary form and all she does is talk about the books that she borrowed from the library and uh, yeah is that's no. like 90% of the book it doesn't get interesting until no, no, no. like the two last chapters and so yeah that's, that's my least favorite book
0: that's what I have goodreads for is to know what people borrow from the library jeez <laughs> Yeah. So, um, hey, Jeanette. <laughs> um, well, actually, like you, I picked a book that really disappointed me because, um, the Flame Alphabet by Ben Marcus had such an interesting premise to me. Like, I was just fascinated when I first heard of it. Um, it's about a. It's about a sickness that's going around and makes children's speech toxic to parents. And I was like, that's fascinating. So let's explore the ideas of how these families are going to communicate and what happens when children are literally making their parents sick. And it turns out to not be at all about that. And it's really, I can't, I couldn't tell you what it's about. It's really about this. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It was it's, so awful. It is, um, because it basically follows the story of one man who is running from his daughter's speech, and he and his wife have become so weakened and so poisoned by his daughter's speech that they they literally have to just abandon her. They have to run out of the house and go elsewhere. And it talks about his trials dealing with this and attempting to find ways to um, communicate while missing his family. But there's not a whole lot of emotion in it, and mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of good description in it. It's,
1: uh You know, that is just not how I would have handled that. Like, if I came up with the idea, because the idea is brilliant, right? Isn't it? I, I would have handled it as a almost like a contact or contagion sort of a situation. Like it's only happening to this one town. This one town's quarantined. How does the town deal with it? You know? And Mm -hmm. I would have like, you know, gone back and forth between how, you know, a group of parents and a group of kids. And I would have gone back and forth and I would have done something more like that and have it be very, very emotional. And like how these, how essentially it starts off as, you know, they really miss each other, but then it becomes like tribal almost. Like the kids are a tribe and the, I would have created something like that. And you, you know? see
2: sparses of that because, you know, it's him observing what's going on around him. But he's detached. But yeah, and like it's just snippets. Like you see yeah. kids, oh all you know, a group of kids in the distance so he steers clear of them, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's but, not the same thing as being like no, in a group of kids. <laughs> definitely people. not. It's just yeah. So bad.
0: It's yeah, it just and there's you don't really feel anything for the characters because they are so poisoned and weak that there's like there's no emotion and they don't have any connection mm-hmm. with the people around them because you can't communicate and everybody's tired and sick and it's just it's awful. Yeah, I think uh, with with
2: among others I was like incredibly bored with The Flame Alphabet, I think I was just incredibly confused.
0: Yeah, the writing is really disjointed, in my opinion. It doesn't, I mean, it serves the premise, which is you can't communicate with the people around you,
1: but it doesn't serve the reader. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. You need to be able to find a way to communicate to your reader, even if your character is having communication issues. Like, this is a book. You need to create it so that the reader can make sense of it. Unless you're writing memento, <laughs> then you have then you have an excuse, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. But the and you know the other thing is that you never find out the answer to any of the questions. No, like you, you don't. don't find out why the children's speech is toxic. You don't find out if there's ever a cure. You don't even really find out what happens. To this man's family, in the end, it's kind of left open ended.
1: Mm-hmm. See, it um, should have been a horror thriller. I would have read. I would have loved this if it was a horror thriller. You know, mm-hmm. where like it, like the town turns on itself and da 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 da. But like
0: Lord of the Flies type situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Lord of the Flies. But like children versus adults, where children are naturally toxic, but like adults have more the advantage resources. of being adults. Yeah. And, and more of the resources just by, you know, because they're the adults in the situation. So I, you know, yeah, I would have, I, I would have, can we write that?
0: Like, I think that's a great
1: premise for a book.
0: All right, internet, don't steal that idea. It's ours.
1: Okay? <laughs> Penit pending, uh, TM, whatever.
2: Yeah, copyright, eclectic readers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Anyways, those are our least favorite books. And why are we talking about our least favorite books? Um, We have read Girl on the Train, um, which a majority of us did not quite enjoy. Um, So let me give you a quick summary first. Um, So Girl on the Train centers around three women, Rachel, Anna, and Megan, who each have their own issues and problems and have come together because of a tragedy. Rachel is the girl on the train. This is not a spoiler. And she spies <laughs> on a couple whose house she can see from the train when it stops. And with this couple, she's created a fantasy life around them. Anna is Rachel's ex-husband, Tom's new wife, and Rachel is still coming to terms with it. Megan is Anna's neighbor and former babysitter for her baby, and she is dealing with being unhappy with her husband, Scott. Um, So with all these unhappy people, it's no wonder a tragedy happens and Rachel is in the center of the action trying to figure out what happened. Um, uh, And the fantasy couple is, sorry, um, Megan and Scott. So she just kind of plays Peeping Tom, which I found was a little creepy when I was first reading it. <laughs> um,
1: so I, I really I really like John's tagline for this book. <laughs> um, what was it that he said? He said, uh, "I pa- I drank too much, passed out one night, and I'm not sure if I killed somebody." Yeah, pretty much something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the book. Yep, pretty much.
2: Um, so that being said, what was one thing that stood out
0: to you in this book? I'd say the one thing that stood out to me is that the three unreliable narrators like these three women are so different and yet in some ways very similar and they're all super super flawed they're dealing with so much in their lives and it starts off like you think they're kind of stereotypical but they come to have actual personalities and actual things going on that they're dealing with be it mental illness or you know past trauma or current confusion and current unhappiness and i think that having that unreliable narrator in a mystery adds a little extra layer of a a human perspective to mystery because nobody is gonna see everything the same way
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what about you guys
1: um, all right. Confession. I feel like this is the appropriate time. Um, I only got through a third of this. Um, I do know what happened. I can totally talk on it. Uh, but I hated it. Um, and I, 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 hated it in a way that like, I just was so bored and uninterested. It's not like it, it there's no egregious point To this book where I'm just like, yeah, no, throw it against the wall like Flux or The Marriage Plot, where I just wanted it to end in any way possible. It was just (laughs) boring and completely. But I think if I had to pick one thing, uh, the book opens with these two little uh, you you don't know who's saying them blurbs. Um, the first one is from the, is from the murderer talking about where he buried the body. Um, oh, spoiler, sorry. Um, and the second one I think is the more interesting one where it's one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, three for a girl. And I, and it's like, now look, now look what you made me do. That one was the most interesting blurb to me. And that stayed with me. And I kept waiting for that payoff from that blurb. Um, and after third, of the book, I didn't get anything even as interesting as that, as that paragraph. So I stopped. Yeah. That but happens that way
2: later in the book. Yeah. <laughs> like way later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should have sprinkled something along to get, mm-hmm. keep me interested.
0: And <laughs> interestingly enough, actually the first blurb is not the, uh, murderer's perspective. So that might've intrigued you later too but is that true who is yeah, it it's somebody else well you, i mean this this is <laughs> a review tell me <laughs> i
1: almost want to make you guess no it's rachel's perspective mm-hmm. later that makes sense if yeah. it's not the if it's not the uh murderer it's rachel so then the second one would be the murderer
0: nope no there are no <gasps> male perspectives in this nope. book none they're all mm-hmm. female perspectives which is another actually really interesting thing about it
1: yeah, that I thought was interesting. I, I, I just figured these two blurbs were, um, like, out of context for the book, you know? Since it happens before the first-named thing, I didn't realize that uh, they couldn't be male. But, yeah. hey, good to know. I like them, though. Yeah. They I liked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
2: I, I was thinking, and... Like I mean, like Tara said, it was it was kind of boring. It was all right. Um, one thing that did stand out to me, though, was how awful and possible Tom's mind game was um, with Megan, because. He just took advantage and manipulated her being drunk a lot of the times and just twisting stories around to make her always seem like she's the bad guy and always making her seem like she did something stupid or dumb or awful. And that wasn't the case. Do you mean Rachel? No. I mean, he did it to Rachel, but not the way he did it to... Oh, yeah, Rachel, I'm sorry. I said Megan, didn't Uh, I? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I was like, oh shit, I missed a chapter. Yeah, no, 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 no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I meant Rachel. (laughs) So, first, I was thinking about Megan for a different thing in my head. So, Megan popped out of my mouth. (laughs) Jeez, Megan, stay out of this. I know. Um, (laughs) Poor Megan, because we know an actual Megan.
0: (laughs) You didn't mean Uh, her. (laughs) Um, but
2: anyways, yes, Rachel, like he was just screwing with Rachel the whole time they're married, you know, like, it's just, that's awful. And just that part was, I feel like the one standout thing to me.
0: Oh yeah. Tom is a horrible person. And like, I'm, so I'm the one person here today that liked the book, but I can agree that Tom's an awful person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um,
2: So those things that stood out to us, um, there were comparisons to Gone Girl with this book. Um, Did you guys see any comparisons or see why? Um, We had a friend who dubbed it as Gone Girl Light. (laughs) Gone
1: Girl? I thought it was kind of appropriate. (laughs) Listen, Gone Girl is not a literary masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but much like the Da Vinci code, it's interesting. It's a page turner. I didn't like anybody, but I was involved in the mystery. I thought, and then the twist is so much better. You know, Mm I, I just can't. If every thriller that is mediocre is gone girl light, then sure. I, I mean, I just don't see that connection. You know, it's not, we're not, it's not, it doesn't have the same device to it, Um, you know, with the three different narrations isn't the same as the large sections that are, that change narration in Gone Girl. The plot twist isn't the same or as good. Um, Yeah. I, I don't see it other than they're both in the same genre, Mm-hmm. And about a woman's murder, you know. And
0: I wouldn't even agree that they're necessarily in the same genre because I feel like Gone Girl is way more thriller mm-hmm. than yeah. Girl on the Train. I think Girl on Train is more psychological, um, but it's more of a mystery. It's it's a whodunit, and Gone Girl is just. It is a thriller. It is. I mean, it's like saying. I mean piggyback on what you're saying Tara if you want to say every book with alternating perspectives is Gone Girl then yes everything is Gone Girl yes
2: right but I mean I can kind of see it I mean obviously Gone Girl is definitely a whole lot better than Girl on the Train but both books have characters that are just awful you can't really relate to they're bad people But I feel like Gone Girl... But entertaining
1: people. Right, but Gone
2: Girl executed better. Like, you hated the people, but you wanted to know what would happen to them next. You wanted to see how they would end up, whereas with Girl on the Train, you're like, these are bad people. Why do I care?
1: I I was sympathetic, though. Yeah, I was too. The Gone Girl characters anyway. Especially once we learn... um, Especially once we learn the twist. I was too. I was actually very sympathetic. And on top of it, it had much better... Um, auxiliary characters, Mm -hmm. much more fleshed out. You knew, like, I thought the police were great. The neighbor was great. The guy who was obsessed with her was great. And again, um, spoiler alert, if you have not watched the movie or read the book, do we need to have a spoiler alert for Gone Girl? But I'm going to, all right, spoiler alert, turn it off for the next five seconds. Um, The girl's not dead. I mean, it, it's about how she tricks her husband and tricks an entire town mm-hmm. into thinking she's dead so she can disappear. You know, in that way, I just don't... I don't see any comparison mm-hmm. to the books. Right. I mean, I can kind of see it. I just don't think... It's a, because, oh, Gone Girl's so much more about, like, the psychology right. and these two tw- and these two people... It's it's much more it's much more focused too, which I think Gong Girl really benefits from. It's really a story about the relationship and the twisted, twisted mentality of these two individuals. Like the end is so great, the end of Gong Girl, where like they stay together. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> after the, all no, that. That's it's so like scary. That, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. Um, it's chilling. It's like, what? Why though?
0: Yeah, because like, why? <laughs> I will say this about Gone Girl, like in the thriller versus like not thriller, because I don't really don't think Girl on the Train is a thriller. Because Gone Girl, when I started reading it, because it's about the bad relationship between a husband and wife, and I read it right before I got married, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this what marriage is? <laughs> and um. <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie like i was panicked terrified um then i read you know now i'm reading girl on train at no point did i sit here while i was reading it and be like oh my gosh this is how husbands treat their wives this is how wives treat their husbands because i don't think it delves that deep into the psychological aspect of it in that sense i think other parts are really psychological but I think it's more about hey, there's this mystery. This woman disappears. This woman turns up dead. You know what happened to her? Mm-hmm, what are right. we missing? You know who was there that night? What did they see? And that's very classic mystery. Mm-hmm. And Gone inc- is not yeah. a classic mystery. No, at no point no. does no, no. does no at no point do either the protagonists decide like hey, let me get my magnifying glass and my Sherlock Holmes hat. We're gonna figure this out.
1: No, exactly. The main guy thinks, rightfully so, that he's being duped the entire time. He does at some points think, maybe I did do it. But once he starts getting the clues, he's like, no, no, this is some crazy game she's playing. Like, he, at least he believes that. Though what's great about the book is that even though he's right, for most of the first half of the book, you'd still think he did it. Mm-hmm. Like, you still think he's just delusional and crazy. Or he's being um, framed.
0: That's what I thought. Or
1: he's being framed by another murderer. You don't actually believe him and his thought process just is that, his wife is crazy because all the townspeople are backing up this opinion. It's so good. Like, again, <laughs> it's not a literary piece of, it's not some great work, but the, st- like, the hook in the story, it's fun. No, It's definitely, fun and it's crazy. But, I mean, and,
2: I can yeah. also see why people will compare Girl on the Train to Gone Girl. Um, I don't, think it's you know obviously as good but i i can see why your friend was like oh yeah it's gone girl like because it's striving to be like gone girl but doesn't
1: but again is mm-hmm. it so like what about it is other than there's a murder
2: well not only the murder but it's just i think it's premise. more like the lost like, hours the, the people being you know unlikable like in general you know even in gone girl they're still kind of unlikable especially like towards the end like there is some sympathy, but you still kind of don't like them. And you're like, good, stay together. You deserve each other, <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah. the sa- same with Girl on the Train. Like, you don't like any of the characters. The problem is they're not as flushed out and
0: rich as Gone Girl is. I just, I felt like the characters in a Girl on the Train, I, you know, I didn't like them. I could even, like, kind of sympathize with some of the stuff that they're going through. I thought, you know, oh, it's... You know, this is so sad that, you know, Rachel's husband left her and Anna is, you know, very unhappy because she, well, I kind of don't sympathize with Anna as much, but Mm -hmm. she's kind of unhappy because her husband is still involved with his ex-wife uh, but that's what you get for sleeping with a man who has a wife. <laughs> she, His ex-wife is going to come into the picture. That's my thing about not being sympathetic with Anna. Um, and she didn't feel sorry even after. Oh, she was never sorry. Oh, she wanted God. to, it, she says later in the book, she's like, I want to be somebody's mistress again. And I'm like, Anna, you're just a bitch. Like, that's just <laughs> it's just a horrible perspective. I want to go around and make other people's lives unhappy because it's exciting for me. hmm Um, There are people like that. I know. They're terrible people, but they're people. I know. I I mean, and that's what, you know, like I said, it's real. I kind of get it like, hey, I want to put myself first, but I I don't like Anna much as a character. Not until the end, anyway. And then Megan, I find her a little more sympathetic and a little more likable. But, you know, then she disappears and that's kind of hard to follow up on. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, she's, like, this person who's dealt with trauma in her life, and she's trying to overcome it, and it's making her really unhappy, and it's making her feel kind of lost and restless. And I think that's sympathetic. I just don't think the way she chooses to go about it is necessarily very likable. Oh, definitely.
2: I mean, what happened to her was awful, but wasn't she still, like— wasn't she still, like, using drugs and stuff?
0: Um, I don't think so. No, Not she at stopped that point using. in time. No. I don't think she's using drugs. I think she was off it by the time. The baby? Although, you know what? I'm not sure they ever do make that clear, but I thought... That, right, that right. She, I thought she said maybe that she stopped. But maybe I'm just reading into that because I would... Assume that, hey, you find out you're pregnant, that you're going to stop using drugs and right. doing crazy things. Right. Well, because she,
2: her judgment yeah. was just not so good, which kind of made me curious, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and she was also terrified of having that baby. When she had the baby, she, like, wouldn't leave the house. She was eating yeah. out of cans. Yeah. I, like, yeah. You don't
2: go into the bath with the baby unless you fall not asleep. A, <laughs> well,
0: she was trying to keep the baby warm. Right. You don't fall asleep in the bath of the baby. No. But I understand where she thought, okay, if I have hot water, I can keep the baby right. warmer than if I have the baby in a cold house. Right, no right. It's just... anything. No heat, nothing.
2: Which is why I was curious. I'm like, I wonder if she stopped using drugs at that point. Maybe it was just she was tired or something, you know, not she was high, you know? Yeah, I don't remember if they ever actually make that clear. Okay. Um, just hard to be sympathetic if she was still using drugs, you know?
0: yeah. Although, you know, I still feel a little bit of sympathy because she was just a kid. Like, what do you know about taking care of a baby when you're a kid who's basically isolated in Scotland or something like like that? It it
2: was an awful thing to happen to her. I just, I guess what I'm hoping is I hope she wasn't using drugs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can cross your fingers. I I like to think people have common sense, but that doesn't even happen in the real world all the time.
2: Yeah. And I think that's one of my problems with this book is everything seems incomplete. Nothing is really ever, you know, completed. Like, it's not finished. Um, That's true.
1: You know, like... I think that's the problem with three perspectives. Like, how much time do you have to really... It's
2: a book. You have as much time as you want. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but thrillers are supposed to move quickly this one doesn't if it was even longer (laughs) would you have liked it more
2: i don't know I i just i don't know like even at the end there wasn't like complete closure but it was like okay at least this story is done but there are certain things within the story that's like okay so what happened you just totally dropped this plot line um like example you know I kind of want to know if you know Megan was still on drugs or not when she was you know with the whole baby situation. I'm curious, like, you know, was she clean by then? And then there's like the whole issue with the psychologist. Like, what happened there? You just he was needed for one thing and one thing only, and then he was pretty much dropped.
1: Plot device. <laughs> I mean, that's just bad <laughs> writing. That's yeah. just bad writing when you use characters as plot devices instead of as characters. And that right. happens sometimes, but don't make it feel like it should be more important. Don't yeah. try to put a bigger emphasis on it. Um, she tried
2: to. Like, he came back later, but then, like, it's, it was still up in the air. Like,
0: I think he serves a couple <laughs> of, I mean, I think Kamal serves a couple of purposes in the story. But he's not fleshed out enough to make you care about him. Right. He's kind of a flat character. Yeah. So you don't was, understand his motivations.
1: That was I mean, really that's disappointing. a problem with the main characters. That that's a problem with the main characters, how is it going to be mm-hmm. any better for the auxiliary characters? <laughs> well, it's, it, it's not better for the supporting cast. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have we mentioned who dies yet? Or have we oh, just Megan's been skirting around
0: that, that? I don't oh, know. No, I Megan I, dies. I said Megan dies. Yeah. yeah. That's not supposed <laughs> to be a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Megan,
1: no, Megan it. dies. Um, I mean, I feel like she kills her baby when she dies. It's really sad. Well, not all at once. No, no. not all at once. Over a <laughs> period of years, her life is just real shitty, guys. Uh, I mean, I, I, she she's not shitty. Shitty.
0: It's just she does some crappy things. No, she, she tries sh- to like leave it behind, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm.
1: She's not shitty. Her life is.
0: Yeah, I just, I can't even say that her life is shitty. She's just unhappy. She's got a good life. You know, she's got a good husband. She's got a nice house. She loves her house. Does she have Um, a good husband? Yeah, well, her husband, she, before she starts doing shitty things again, she talks about how good her husband is Mm -hmm. and how happy they are, or how happy they should be, how much he loves her, you know, how good their life should be. She's just unhappy. And she cheats on him. Mm-hmm. And then when she tells him she cheats on him, then he goes berserk and yeah, we find out that he doesn't handle bad news well. But <laughs> before that, there's no indication that he is not a good person.
1: Yeah. So, what do you think the message of this book is?
2: Um, In the end, what's the message? That's that's one of the things I want to talk about actually. Um I just there's so many things that the author is trying to talk about. Like there are different things that she wants, she's trying to bring up. And it's just, do you think it's too many to, to find even one message to find the main theme of the book? Like there's this issue with motherhood. Um, There's talks about abuse and depression. Um, The inner versus outer perspectives of the characters. Like, is this too much in a book?
0: There are a lot of themes
2: because I feel like it, it was it'd be hard to find like the main theme or what the author is going for because there's just so many things that she's trying to get at.
1: And and again, I think this this hurts the multi perspective. The way she does it <laughs> right. is not helping her. Um, I agree. I think there's so many things, so many themes, but it's all does it add up to anything? I guess is my question. So if If this is a murder mystery story that's surrounding women, women that are specifically dealing with abuse and depression and motherhood and this need to not, and this, this unhappiness, right? Um, All of them are married, all of them with motherhood. One is killed. Is there some sort, is she trying to give a cautionary tale? Like, don't allow yourself to be trapped. Is, Is there a bigger cautionary message coming out of this book? This is just, Literally, what I've been thinking about the last 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know because
2: there's just so many things that is talked about, but nothing is really ever like pinpointed, you know? Like it's all touched on. And just, I would say that the,
0: the, if you kind of like iron out all the details, like the big overarching theme over all three women's lives is. I I think trapped is a good word, Tara, that Mm -hmm. you said. Um, They've trapped themselves with, you know, with different beliefs about themselves and about the people around them. And they're fighting to, you know, believe in themselves and set themselves free from these, um, these sort of like mental roadblocks. I mean, Rachel's got the depression, the alcohol abuse, the feeling of worthlessness. Um, now that, you know, she's basically an unemployed, drunken loser, which is what they call her, not what I believe, but what people call her throughout the book. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to fight past that belief. Megan is trying to fight this belief that she's a terrible person because she let her baby die. And Anna is has trapped herself in this house that she thinks is going to make her happy and the life isn't making her happy that because it, even though she has her perfect fairy tale ending with her, her devoted husband and her perfect baby and the pretty house that she actually hates she's not happy she wants the thrill of making other people miserable um so <laughs>
1: she's the like worst the of all It's like twisted Aladdin <laughs> or the twisted... It's like a twisted fairy tale. You know yeah. it is, really? Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, they've trapped themselves with their beliefs, and they're kind of trying to get past those mindsets, but they... I, I think they bring in so many other themes that I had to sit here and struggle for the last few minutes mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to express that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it was hard because, I mean, like you said, with Anna, there's the motherhood and... All that, and it's like, well, what are, you, what are we trying to get at here? <laughs> like, you know, and these women are all, well, except for Rachel, she's divorced, but they were all married at some point. Um, because, like, they get married because they think that's the
1: answer, and they find out that it isn't, you know? Well, I think, on the motherhood standpoint, you know, all women are unhappy. All women are in different points um, of motherhood. You know, all women, one woman is infertile. That's Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, one woman is, has accidentally killed a child and is subsequently now pregnant. So all of those fears are up. And, um, and another woman has a baby. None of these women are happy. Nope. All of these women have been married. They weren't happy in their marriages. You know, so I—if there were a larger theme, it's that these things don't naturally make you happy, That's but true. therefore lead to murder. Like you know what I mean, it's really like weak, but I'm throwing it out there.
0: I would throw out there since not all of the women got murdered yeah. that maybe the, the fairy tale ending is maybe just that—it's a fairy tale. Yeah. Like nobody's life is perfect, even Anna who has the perfect life is unhappy and it's really not so perfect
1: right oh and that is even better because you know wishing and hoping for it like Rachel does in the beginning with you know how she like makes up these lives to these people and like essentially stalks these people from a train every day like wishing for it and wanting for it is also not going to make you happy like you have to you know she really doesn't nail this on the head but you because no one really gets there but you have to be you individual of all these other things. And if you get married, great. If you have babies, great. But, like, they're not innately the answer.
0: Well, the book does end with Rachel and Anna starting to empower themselves. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't flesh that out. Like, it leaves that right. kind of open. Yeah, no, right. it's basically... Um, she's soberish
1: by the end, and... Yeah, yeah basically, are they...
2: Who actually... Oh, Rachel actually kills Tom.
1: Yeah. Well... Um, Actually, oh no, no, no!
0: Anna finishes it. Anna Anna finishes finishes the job. I'm sorry. That is the only point in the book where I like Anna. Where Anna? (laughs) Yes.
1: I mean, Um, I'm going to say
0: this right out. Anna takes the corkscrew and she twists it into his neck, and I'm like, "Yeah, (laughs) you go, girl." Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, anyways, like that
2: happens. They talk to the police, and then the book ends. Like, you do not find out anything that happens afterwards.
1: How do they get away with it? they
0: they said self defense yeah, right. they- that he was coming at Rachel with the corkscrew, yep, and he was going to kill her with it, and Rachel fought back and got hold of the corkscrew and attacked him in self defense which is not that untrue, I mean he was going to kill her. I don't know <laughs> why they had to make up a big, elaborate story over it, but
1: I just don't understand it,
0: why they couldn't tell the truth, like
1: so can I ask this? Does Megan get justice? Like, do they ever identify Megan's murder? Like, does that That, ever happen?
0: That's kind of left ambiguous, too. Yeah. Because they don't specifically say (laughs) that they told the police what Tom did. But Mm -hmm. they do have a moment where Rachel's sitting down at her laptop and she's emailing Scott. And she's saying, you know, sorry for putting my nose in your business and all sorts of crap. And she says, like, hey, I wanted – she says, like, she wanted to say that she was also sorry for Tom and not knowing earlier, but she felt like that was better left unsaid or something like that. And I was like, so does that mean that everybody knows that Tom did it or not?
2: Yeah, to me it sounded like nobody knew that Tom did it, which was
0: infuriating. Yeah, I feel like – to me it makes it sound like – they do know but i also felt like even if they did know they don't believe rachel because rachel's the one saying it
1: but here's the question does everyone know or did they just go to tom did they just go to um scott, scott. and say hey fyi it's done you know what i mean like is is there justice or did did they did they just get informed you know i, I
0: can't imagine that rachel would go back to scott because Rachel also had a scary encounter with Scott getting mm-hmm. mad at her, so I can't imagine that she would go to Scott and be like, "Hey, just so you know, my ex husband did it." But well, don't worry, we got about, the bastard. I mean, <laughs> and walks away. Like,
1: Anna could have done
2: it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Anna would have said anything because it's no, her husband, she and she have. was like really devoted to him until the very I, end.
1: I hate loose ends. Yeah, no, yeah, there's it, a lot if, of loose ends. If you're not going to write... All right, for books that are obviously not sequel material, right? There will not be a sequel to this book. I hope not. I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> there's not oh. a lot left to
0: say. I mean, I like the book, but it's, there's not a lot left to say, yeah.
1: Yeah, for books that are not sequel material, for this many loose threads to just be out there is unacceptable. It's lazy. You can't figure out a way to tell the reader this. Yeah. Like, I mean,
2: I like... I don't mind when, you know, one-shot novels, if there is, like, a loose ending, like, and then end. And it's like, oh, no. But, you know, it's like, obviously the author meant it to be this way, you know. But in this case, there's so
1: many. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It can't possibly be on purpose.
1: There's some great examples of a bunch of short stories that Mm -hmm. end in this way that you're like, wait, wait, what happened? wait. What? Like, like the bridge. The bridge is one of the best short stories. Is that the title? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Nope. No. The hanging man? Nope. No. The one where, no? No. Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna like, describe it real quick. Like, um, there's a bridge, the guy's being hung, but he escapes, goes off this crazy adventure. And then at the very, very end, you find out that that was all in his head. And then he hangs and dies. No? None of you read that? No. Actually, that does sound familiar. It's I so may weird. have read
0: it so long ago that I don't remember it.
1: It is sort of a high school thing. I love short stories, you guys. We should just read a book, short stories. <laughs> um, I think they're so good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like ambiguous endings. When it's purposeful, mm-hmm. this doesn't have a purpose.
2: No, I agree.
1: <laughs> That's it's, really what I meant to get at. Yeah, it's Bye. just
2: frustrating. It's like, I think, I know you... Tara, you didn't finish it because you didn't like it. For me, it was mm-hmm. the opposite. Like, I wanted to blaze through it so I can finish it. <laughs> I was actually listening to the audiobook for this one, so...
0: Did you listen to it on high speed, like...
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, early morning, I it's like my audiobook time, so I just listened to it in big chunks. <laughs> so I finished it in a few days. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Um. So... Well, it was an actual fascinating discussion. Um, Can I oh, ask a question? Yeah.
0: Like, before we move on to the next thing, I just, everybody keeps saying that this thing that Rachel does is so creepy, sitting on the train, looking at people and
1: making up stories about them. Nobody people watches here? <laughs> it's, not, it's not that she does it about people. It's that she does it about people who are intimately connected to her in some way. But they're not intimately connected to they're her. They're the next-door neighbors of her of her ex-husband and wife.
0: Yeah, but it, they it, weren't the next-door neighbors when she lived on that street. They moved I, in after she, she moved out, and she sees them, and she's like, this is the life that I could have had, the life of Jess and Jason, which is what she calls them until mm-hmm. she finds their names. She's right. like, I bet they're happy. I bet he's a doctor. My, I bet she's an artist. <laughs> my problem
2: <coughs> is that, because I love people watching. Um, yeah. You know, I'm all about people watching. I'm okay with that. It's the problem is when she like religiously mm-hmm. looks for them.
1: It's the she, systematicness. Yeah,
2: like she, her train stops where it usually stops, and then she like turns her head and looks for the house and watches them specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I played that game.
1: I played the game where I'm out in public with somebody. I've been like, let's create stories for these people. Yeah, but it's one off. Yes, it's it, it's never followed up on. I don't keep it's like it reminded me of there's this game called Final Fantasy Tactics where you start up with five characters that you know nothing about. And they're, you're, they're meant they're meant to go away later. But I didn't do that. I created backstories for these characters. I kept them in my party. <laughs> I had in ta- they had relationships with each other. The, <laughs> the game does not support this. I right. feel a little crazy having done that. If I feel a little crazy <laughs> having done that to non-living NPC <laughs> game characters, it's creepy when you do it to real people. Right. Yeah. I so that
0: don't the- feel it's that creepy. I feel like, you know, sometimes, for example, driving to work, you might end up driving, like, next to the same car. Because this has happened to me. You drive to work the same time every day. You drive next to the same car every day. I, I haven't done this part specifically but i do happen to notice oh hey it's that woman over there again uh, you know i i can easily see going to the next phase being like oh i noticed she wears a business suit every day i bet she's a lawyer oh my but gosh i bet she's the best c- criminal lawyer blah, yeah, blah, blah blah i feel like that's different but, though but like you're not wish you were her? seeking her out yeah and like yeah. having but she's not D-dream. technically seeking her out either she's on the train she goes past their house every day she sees them every day she starts to look for them because she's made up a story about them
1: yeah but she's not going on the train to actually get anywhere yeah that's true, that's true. but she would <laughs> be going on
0: the she goes on the train whether she expects to see them or not after megan disappears she day. still rides the train she's but not she seeking them out to see
1: them yeah i
2: mean day. it's like hey you see your neighbors and you see them you know walking by or whatever and like i feel like that's different um and you see the same person every day hey i wonder what this person does like that's just curiosity but she like seeks them out she makes up this whole story about them it, it borderlines obsession yeah like that I don't know. that's I feel creepy like, like she told she didn't totally she went past the line
0: i feel like that's almost the same as like say you're living in an apartment and like there's people above you that like make really weird noises in the middle of the night, like that commercial.
1: But like, it's disturbing and you're you. Like, and you're like, oh my god.
0: I, you're, like, you're like, those people. They're bowling. They're bowling in the middle of the night. Why are they bowling in the middle of the but, night? And then like every time that noise happens, you're like, okay, they're bowling in the middle of the night. Oh, that guy just got a strike. Like, I feel like it's sack sort of thing. You run into these people often enough, you develop this story around them.
1: It's not the same because in your example, they are affecting you. They are your upstairs neighbors, and they're affecting your sleep, or they're affecting your day, or they're affecting your TV watching. You know, these people don't affect her in any way. Yeah, she is eye stalking them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just feel like it's a combination of people watching and telling s- stories in your head, and I don't think that's so crazy. But I don't think so either. I me. think she just
2: went past that.
0: Like she yeah, had it's an not obsession.
1: To, I agree. It's not crazy to do it. It's crazy to do it the way she's doing. It. Yes. I don't think so. That's just me. Well, we voted, and it's two against one. (laughs) So we
0: win, huh? We win. (laughs) That's fine. I'm going to bring in a whole gang of my friends next time. They're going to vote with me. Are
1: we not your friends? Wait, wait, wait. What's going on here? Now you're voting against me. This is. (laughs) (laughs)
2: You're going to vote me off the
0: island. It's terrible. (laughs) Listen,
2: if you want to go crazy... That's fine. Just don't get involved in any murders. Look, Jeanette, stuff. I love you.
1: I support you. <laughs> I will love and support you if you decide to go train stalking. Okay? I won't call you in, but yeah, try not to get involved.
0: Yeah, so it's okay. You guys are, you guys are all going to apologize to me when I solve all your murders, okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I'm sure this is going to, it'll work out. You know this is public. Predicting my murder, and then if I die, you'll be the number one. You get that, right? Well, you guys are not actually
0: allowed to die. That Like, that's not
1: cool.
2: Yeah, but like I, if you solved it before I died, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd
1: be great.
0: <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. You'd be like, um, this person is going to be the killer. Let's yeah, kill my, him first. I don't know Minority report we this go, shit, man. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know I where would, we go from here. I am on board with that. <laughs> so... Well, did you guys like it?
2: With you know, with all things being said,
1: uh, I Tara, did. You didn't finish it. <laughs> I didn't. I like it more after the, the discussion. I still would never read it. Yeah, I just I like, like this it. discussion, guys. Really, <laughs> that's what
0: it's about. We have a good time here. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I mean, I do think there are some loose ends. I don't think it's you know as good as I would have liked it to be. But I did really like it. Okay. I just thought it was okay.
2: Like, it, it was okay. I think that was the best way to sum it up for me, you know? Um, so great. I mean, this is like the most polarizing book so far. Everyone has like completely different takes on it. Um, so, anyways, um, we are going to close this for The Girl on the Train. And for next month, we will be reading The Magicians by Lev Grossman. yes there are a lot of not a lot but um uh, some of you guys have already read it but I have not read it and I heard it was really good I heard it was dark it is dark. Um, that's true So I am really excited to read this it's been on my to read for a while now um I've heard you know good things from you guys and from other friends about it so I'm excited to read this book so that will be for next month
1: a teaser I would give it is it's Harry Potter meets Narnia meets adulthood. Yeah,
2: I hear that a lot.
1: <laughs> I I disagree that it's that Harry Potterish, but uh, what? <laughs> I, I I think it's now. There's we'll get into it. Yeah, all right. Fair.
2: Yeah, actually, Janet was describing <laughs> it to me earlier, and um, with the guy just you know getting into like involved in the Narnia-like world or imagining it, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like kind of like Armada. So I'm
1: actually kind of That curious. was a spoiler for Armada? No. Thanks, Susan. No.
2: No. No. No, That's, okay. the,
1: blurb on, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the blurb. That's the blurb on the Reddit check it.
2: <laughs> on yeah. Pack
1: of the book.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, fine. Not a spoiler then. <laughs> Be that way.
0: <laughs> I'll spoil Armada for you later, Tara.
1: <laughs> Aw, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: yeah, so that's for next week. I'm excited for this one.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, to find out more about all the books that we've talked about, you can go look at our show notes on sunriserobot.net slash eclecticreaders slash six. And where do you want people to find you and tell you their opinions on Girl on Train, guys? Goodreads. <laughs> um, always on
2: Goodreads. I think that's where I'm the most interactive with people with books. Um, Sue Lyons or in the Eclectic Readers group um twitter is the next one at rudy Kaicho, r-u-r-i underscore k-a-i-c-h-o-u um it's just you know harder to have a really long lengthy discussion on twitter obviously um and then google plus you can find me at susan lyons
1: uh, what about you read- Tara? oh sorry <laughs> go for <laughs> good it reads for me as well um on our group which has gotten really busy lately which is so much fun fantastic um The other place you can find me is on Twitter, and that's at Tara Newman, T A R A N E W M A N. Um, I will reply to either. So, yeah, find me, say hey. Looking forward to a good discussion. And you, Jeanette?
0: Uh, You can find me on our group uh, on Goodreads, and I am also on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D R J E A N N E T T E, if you want to. Tweet me and tell me how much you sympathize with my people watching. And if you would like to support us, you can do that on Patreon at sunriserobot.net/slash support. We appreciate it, it keeps the lights on. And special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Bruce Edwards and Andreas Langa. We appreciate all you do, guys. Thank uh, you. Yes, thanks. You guys Su- are the best. <laughs> Woohoo. So rate us and review us in iTunes. Subscribe in your podcatcher so you never, ever miss us. And I think we're done here, guys. So let's shell this till next month. Awesome, guys. See you next month. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.